0: ComC is your home to buy, sell, and flip all kinds of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 31 million cards. From baseball's biggest stars like Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, and Mookie Betts, to Marvel favorites like Spider Man, Thor, and Captain America, ComC has something for every type of collector. Come visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Four years. Last week marked the four-year anniversary of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. This is episode 251, and I have had... 251 episodes worth of fun as I've tried to share some perspectives on both the the collecting side of the hobby and the business side of the hobby. Kind of tried to share over these episodes my approach to building a self-sustaining hobby where I am able to make a little money from buying and selling cards in order to cover the cost of the collection that I want to build for myself. And I've had a ton of fun doing it. Thank you for being part of our family, and I just ask that you tell some friends about the show if you think that that's something that they might enjoy as well. I would really appreciate that. Last week was part one of our conversation with Mario Alejandro. It was perfect timing, being that he had just broken the big story about the superfractor, stolen superfractors out of Texas. It was was just perfect timing for that. The episode was shared a ton. There's a bunch of new people who had a chance to listen to the the podcast and listen to that conversation with Mario, but it was such a long conversation, as I mentioned last week, that we had to split it into two parts, and today is part two of that conversation with Mario. We've already done the introductions, and so we're going to jump right into the part two of the conversation. In today's internet world, when someone has a a large following, they get labeled as being an influencer. And you mentioned kind of early on with the following that you were building, you might have been an influencer before we called things an influencer, but you've also been pretty adamant recently that you don't currently see yourself as an influencer. You see yourself as a collector. Why is that so important? Why is that distinction so important to you right now?
1: I believe that um and one of my biggest issues with Ivan back then I you know was constantly referring to him as a shill a product shill and that's always been something that I've wanted to shy away from I don't want the I don't want that label. I don't want people to think you could buy me off, you know. And when I back at, during the Wax Heaven days, when I was sponsored by Tops and Upper Deck, and I received every single product that they had of every sport. Even like I would open a football football on camera. I didn't even know how to pronounce these names, but you know, I did it. Um you both of them told me, you know, you have. You are 100% free to give your honest opinion on our products. And so I felt, you know, with that web show that Ivan had at the time with that other guy, I can't remember. What what was it called? Go GTS Live. Oh, yes. Thank you. Well, I, I felt that that played off more like an infomercial. And I told Ivan before we had our falling out that you are so talented. You are such a dynamic personality. I wish that you could, you know, incorporate that more than, you know, having a Tracy hackler on there promoting his wares when we know that Panini is, is screwing collectors left and right. And that was one of my biggest gripes with Ivan. And I I've learned to accept it, you know, because even now I have a couple uh, of, of deals on the table that pay me money or credit or, or things like that. And, and it's, I just try to separate the collecting because I don't do this for money. Um, I do this as a hobby. I have a full time job. I'm not going to quit my job to become, a, you know, to start selling cards at shows or or producing, you know, a podcast or anything. I, I mean, I tried the podcast, but I I'm not somebody that I I can't really talk. You know, I'm more of a writer. You know how how some people, you know, they say they have a, a face made for radio. Well, I have a voice that's made for writing, you know, so um, I don't um, I'm not out here to to make money or to make money or, or, or to become, a, a you know, one of these guys like Ben Ball or Gary Vee or somebody that's going to just get paid for the hobby. I, I, I want to make sure people know I'm a collector all the way through.
0: I've also seen you refer <clears> to yourself <throat> as a hobby historian and I kind of feel that having a perspective and being educated on the history of our hobby is is super important. Why do you enjoy serving in that role of a hobby historian?
1: Well, you know, and, and, and people throw that in my face sometimes, because I, Oh, the self, the self-appointed hobby historian, the way I look at it is, you know, I've, I have knowledge from 1990 to 2023 because I've been a part of the hobby, even on my, time that I was away or times that I've been away, uh, I've always kept up. And, you know, for me, like when I was going through that breakup, you know, back during the wax seven days, I, you know, I had a lot of time to myself to reflect. And I even went out and bought a Beckett Almanac and I was literally reading page by page, highlighting certain items because I knew that at some point I was going to write about it. And so I've been studying, I've been collecting, I've been talking, I've been literally, I I even scour message boards, active ones, ones that have, you know, shut down years ago that are still available in the archives. I just, I like to have this knowledge uh, for me so I can write and and, and produce content that maybe, you know, I, I could write about something that even some, some of the, biggest spenders in the hobby that I've been collecting for years haven't heard about. And that's kind of those kind of comments always uh, motivate me to keep lurk, to keep looking and, and finding stuff to, to write about.
0: Let's talk a little bit about kind of where we're at in the hobby today. You know, there's good things going on in the hobby today. There's maybe some potentially concerning things going on in the hobby today. I thought maybe we could spend a little bit of time just talking a little bit about kind of our perspectives on on today's hobby so you know first of all what are some things that you're excited about when you think about the hobby in, in its current iteration
1: i believe that the technology the printing technology looks better than it's ever been i look at some of these refractors um i don't collect them because jose Conseco's not in it so i i really only collect jose canseco for the most part and But some of the cards that I see are absolutely gorgeous tops, you know, Chrome, the the Cosmic Chrome, the regular Chrome refractors. Uh, There's there's just so much out there that is absolutely gorgeous. and It's the best cards I've seen in my entire life. Even even some Panini stuff, even Panini, which I am. I've always been anti non unlicensed cards. But even some of their stuff just looks fantastic.
0: And I, for me, I think one of the, the benefits is, you know, we've had a, a rise and fall over these last couple of years. But I think overall, we, uh, we still have more collectors today than we had in 2018, 2019. And, and while there's still maybe some education that needs to happen with some of them to, to make sure that they fully appreciate where we've been and where we could be going. I think the fact that we've got more people collecting and more people in the hobby is also a, a positive.
1: Absolutely, and and you gotta remember in 2007 when I, when I came back to the hobby, card shops were absolutely dead and products were selling for $60. You could buy Bowman Chrome for $79. You know, and, and, uh, and sometimes I, I would buy things out of pity because I'm like, oh, my God, this this shop is going to close down if I don't buy that box of, you know, Topps Turkey Red, you know, and that's not how it is today. That's not how it is today. Everything sells out. The The remaining card shops are, you know, cr- you know, trying to survive getting three or four boxes of a product at a time. So, um. I think that yeah, it's it's a lot better. I think unfortunately, uh, it's it's gotten out of hand with the with the prices.
0: Well, you, yeah, you mentioned prices. What are some things you know that maybe concern you a little bit for where we're at today?
1: I mean, you know, five six hundred dollars for a box of Chrome or Bowman. It, it's just uh, it's unacceptable, and I understand you know if you buy a box of 1991 Bowman back in the day it was $30 and there was no card that was going to you know make you $10,000 there's always that opportunity with these products you had the Drew Jones for a million dollars the Babe Ruth whatever retro fractor there's all these bounties and there's all these cards that you could sell potentially for a thousand to $10,000 all all day long but for the most part most people are not going to get those type of boxes so investing or 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 spending five six hundred dollars on a box of cards for me personally is unacceptable you know if, if you're a breaker and you have that kind of money or if you're just you know you just have very deep pockets and it's no big deal to you then then go right ahead for me um, I, I'm a hardworking man. I, I have a spouse who works as well. And I could not justify, you know, spending that kind of money on a box of cards, knowing, you know, for example, you know, $800, you can buy, you know, a flat screen TV, 58 inches, 60 or whatever, 60 for, you know, three, $400 that you're going to spend, you know, three years on. So, a box of cards for me it's just uh it's gone to it's a it's a rich man's game and that's unfortunate because it has pushed out a lot of collectors a lot of uh collectors set builders guys that you know were just busting boxes because it was fun because they enjoy it but you cannot enjoy a product when you know that you know you just you just dropped eight hundred dollars. Uh, and you have to make some of that money back not, not because you want to pull something great and for the because you're going to have you're going to need that money um you know times are times are tough right now and i don't expect you know bowman Crone to be 200 next year like it was you know 15 20 years ago but you know it it, it has pushed out a lot of people I, i've talked to Many, many people that just can't afford to do it, you know, and even if you can't afford it, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. I I tell people just go out. If a box is $500, get a couple hundred dollars, buy one of the big autographs in the product, even a parallel of it. It, You're going to be much happier in the long run. What's your
0: perspective on this era of exclusive licenses that we find ourselves in? You know, back way back way back when there was an exclusive license for Tops and then we had the 80s and 90s where we had multiple manufacturers in every sport. That was kind of you and I's collecting sweet spot, right? When we had Tops, Donruss, Fleer, Upper Deck, Pinnacle, Score, You know, Pacific, we had all kinds of different companies producing cards. And that was great for us as collectors because we had so much variety. They were forced to compete against each other. Um, It turned out to be not so great for the companies themselves. Now we're in this in this world where we've got exclusive licenses for pretty much every sport and entertainment, you know, topic that's out there. And, you know, we're in a, a new world of, of exclusive licenses and narrowing down even to an exclusive manufacturer for most things. What's your perspective on where we see ourselves in, in the, the licensing the licensing world?
1: Well, in 2009, when, when uh, Topps became exclusive to MLB, I was celebrating just like everyone else because I loved refractors. I loved what Topps was doing um, and upper deck was kind of slipping, you know. They in two thousand seven they had the sweet spots with the faded autographs right out the box. They were, you know, they were going at Barry Bonds and going at Tops, and I thought, you know what, maybe this is what we need. We we just let's forget all about Upper Deck. They've had their run. Um, I was one hundred percent in support of, of what Tops um, was planning on doing, and then I just started to see. A, a lot of things. Uh, one of the biggest things that I saw right off the bat was the image recycling. So, you know, there are there are photographs of Jose Conseco that have been recycled year after year after year since 2014. There seems to be a, a few products that get you know this this wonderful innovative designs, but everything else is just. I feel like they're asleep at the wheel at this point and competition would be great, but it's not going to come from Panini or Leaf. So it it may be something that, you know, maybe when we're older, we'll, we'll get it again. Um, Back in 1997, those were the great years. We had all these companies competing for our business, but at the same time there was there, there was too much product out there. So if we could, in a perfect world, we would get like five products from each company, you know, Panini, Leaf, um, and Tops. But I don't think that's feasible anymore. I don't think um, that would be affordable. I, I, I'm sure you know, paying for these these licenses is you know into the millions. So they just have to constantly produce and produce just to break even. So um, I think. Unfortunately, I, I don't see a, a, a change from the, the, the fanatics monopoly. Uh, if anything, it, it's probably gonna get worse.
0: What other topics are on your mind? What other things have you been thinking about that you maybe wanted to, to make sure we hit on today?
1: Well, I, I think that um, what, what's going on right now for the people that um, follow me on, on Twitter is this, I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, this kid buddy who is in hospice care um he's fighting cancer he's been fighting two different forms of cancer and um you know i've worked in the death care industry for 19 years so i know what happens unfortunately when you when you've reached hospice it's end of life care so his family has asked collectors no not collectors they've asked anybody who has some time and the resources to send buddy a christmas card and uh, his birthday is also on December 12th. And so I've been kind of pushing that. I've actually had a meeting with Fanatics yesterday with uh, the CEO of Fanatics Collectibles. I've been in touch with Michael Rubin. They're planning some great things for this kid, buddy. And um, if you follow me on Twitter, I absolutely uh, check that out. It is my pinned tweet. All, all all, they're really asking for is a Christmas card, and I, I sent a Christmas card, and I, I just told my followers, if you send them a Christmas card, just throw in a baseball card in there because, you know, an 11-year-old kid, is, he's going to love to see something shiny, you know, something from Topps Chrome or something, and um, we've had some good results, and I know that Topps and, and Fanatics, you know— uh, even though they are the the evil monopoly that people say they are um, Michael Rubin got on the phone in a heartbeat to, to work something out. So I have to give them some respect. I I, I've been, I've been hitting them very hard. I've been hitting them very hard almost all year long because there, there have been quality, quality control issues. There they've, there've been some shenanigans happening and, you know, I've been one of their biggest critics and, Michael basically said, you know, I understand where you're coming from and you know what, I I really enjoy the work that you're doing and I want you to help me, you know, do better in the future with with our products. So, so I have to, you know, give him some props there. He definitely, you know, it could just be, you know, what he's saying, but I, I, I do feel that you know they're they're trying their their absolute best, and I think that twenty twenty four will probably be a lot less drama drama free or more yeah. drama free excuse me,
0: yeah, that would be that would be great. You know we've definitely had some drama, you know, like you said it's it's a sometimes a tough line to walk when we want to celebrate the, the good things going on in the hobby but at the same time we can't completely ignore those areas of improvement or those things that need that need work right to, for the better of the hobby as a whole and for the betterment of, of collecting as a whole and sometimes that can be a, a fine line to walk and um, you don't want to dwell on on some of those those negative things or you don't want to necessarily dwell on some of the hobby personalities that that may not be. As, as good for the hobby as others, um, but at the same time, we also want to celebrate the good things that are happening. It can be a tough line to walk.
1: It's very tough, you know, because uh, I do like to report on, on things happening in the hobby. And and this year, it's been a lot of top stuff. I mean, it, it's you cannot ignore what's happened with tops products and for me if you're going to sell me a 300 400 box of cards i don't expect a return on my investment of 50 60 70 but the cards have to be you know well centered they can't be damaged they can't be missing hits things like that are so important because there are new collectors and that first box of cards that they invest their paycheck into if it's not, you know, the what was promised, it could very well be their last box of cards. So, for you know, back in the eighties and nineties, yeah, 20 dollars, you know, for a box of cards. But you know, when it's you know six seven eight hundred dollars or more, you have to do better, uh, you know, for your for your customers. And yeah, it, it it is hard. Like I said, listen, I get, I constantly run into people on twitter who i've never even spoken to who have me blocked all the time i'll see messages and i'll click on that person's profile because they said something interesting and i'm blocked you know and it's happened to some really big accounts um because what i report on it hurts their business if they're a breaker if they're selling cards if they're going to shows it it, you know if my tweet about you know tops is missing hit gets three, 400 likes, you know, a lot of people are going to see it. And, um, I don't know if they feel threatened by it or they just don't, you know, they want to stick their head in the sand. I feel like it's important to report on the good just as much as the bad. So, you know, it, and it, for me, it's, it's really hard because when I like a tops product, they'll say, oh, I guess tops is paying you to say that. And then when I say, oh, you know, this, 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 and that, you know, uh, I'm not speaking as positively. They'll say, oh, you hate tops because you lost your sponsorship deal. And it's like, well, either I'm one or the other, you cannot complete. I I, I believe I'm right down the middle with the exception of like leaf. I think, I, I think leaf does a lot of bad stuff and I don't like a lot of their products, but you know, with the exception of leaf, I try to be, I basically serve up the story and then I let the the followers, the people on Twitter, I let them comment on it. I don't personally say, Hey, this product sucks. Or if you buy this, you're going to be ripped off. I just put it out there and whatever people choose to comment is how they feel. It shouldn't, you know, affect me, but you know, I was recently unfollowed by David Adams. You know, I just did their podcast Um what like a month and a half ago and everything was great and you know I what I did is I quote tweeted their most recent uh bounty for a hundred thousand or two hundred whatever it was for um and the comment section was really nasty and I literally asked a bunch of people was this negative in any way and nobody said it was negative it was just the the people were Not happy about the bounty or not happy about whatever it was. So, like I said, I I get unfollowed. I get blocked constantly. And it's just, you know, people, hopefully some people appreciate what I do, which is I, I shine a light on the good and I shine a light on the bad. And I think that's the best way to do it very cool
0: well hey I really appreciate you spending a few minutes today um, chatting about your background in the hobby the content that you're creating the messages that you're trying to to send I think that is um, I really appreciate you spending that time because I think it's it's important information for people to see and and if people aren't following you already they can learn a lot by by following what you're doing
1: on Twitter I appreciate your time as well thank you Thanks again
0: to Mario for coming on. I really enjoyed the opportunity to get to know him a little bit better. Like I had said last week, we had interacted a little bit online in a couple of the previous iterations of his time on Twitter, but we never had a chance to sit down and have a conversation, and so really appreciate the opportunity to get to know him a little bit better. Well, next week we are going to continue our Super Collector Series, and this time we're going to hit on a first-time topic for the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. I love to talk about all different types of cards and collectibles. I'm a firm believer that there is a card or collectible available for anything you are passionate about, and we prove that next week because we're going to bring Adam Gray back to the show, and we are going to go deep on Harry Potter cards. He has a passion for Harry Potter cards. He's more known for basketball, but he has a deep passion for Harry Potter cards. And he's coming on to help educate us about what is out there, the history of Harry Potter cards, and what types of things are available to collect at all different price levels. So come on back for that one. That is all I have for you today. So I'll catch you next time.